It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Welcome and hello again. Uh, I'm Craig White and this podcast show is proudly brought to you by Passion to Succeed. I'm really excited today. Um, really, really excited. Got a fantastic lady joining us yet again. Uh, Andrea Roltz uh, did a fabulous show with us a few years ago now and I'm really excited to have her back on the show. The, the feedback we got uh, from a show that we published, well, God, it must be nearly three years ago, um, was just absolutely sensational. So I know you guys are going to love uh, connecting with Andrea as I am. Uh, I've got a little question, really, I guess, for you to, to ponder um, and, and consider why we, we get started with this show. How, how do you take rejection? How does it make you feel? And what kind of impact does it have on your life? You see, I'm excited today because... The lady we've got on this show is the co-author of a fabulous book, a book that I've recommended and shared with, with hundreds, thousands of people that I work with, and called Go For No. Um, yes is the destination, no is how you get there. And along with her husband and business partner, Richard Fenton, Andrew has made it her mission to liberate people from fears, fears of failure, fears of rejection. And I believe they've opened up and, and share an entire new mindset about hearing the word no. Your failures are what make your story extraordinary. And today I wish for you to discover the insights and mindsets of this amazing lady and to empower you to embrace and accept failure uh, on your journey to succeed. So, Andrea, welcome to today's show. Hey, Craig, it's great to be with you. Ah, fantastic. Likewise, as, as I said, it's a, an absolute pleasure to have you back. Um, the show we did last time, I know I had some amazing feedback um, and um, it's just really good to, to contribute and, and have you back again. So where, where in the world are you guys based? Because I know you're based in the States. And whereabouts actually are you? Right. Well, we, we've lived all over uh, the United States, but right now we're based in uh, Orlando, Florida. And I know a lot of people in the UK are probably familiar with it because it's the home of Disney World. Yeah. yeah. Hey, my girls keep reminding me they're four and eight now. And um they get into that age where I think, you know, it's going to be a year or two. I'm going to wait for the youngest to get a little bit older and then we'll, we'll definitely be there. We're a world without borders, though, hey? Exactly. Hey, look, so um, what, what inspired yourself and Richard to, to co-author and, and write the book Go For No? What was the motivation behind it all? So we launched our company um, so long ago now, it's hard, almost hard to believe, um, almost 20 years ago now. And our, our mission was to teach businesses, um, at that time, almost more corporations, uh, our sales and management and customer service philosophies. And we would do half-day workshops and full-day workshops. And of everything that we would teach, the one message that resonated with people the most, that people just loved was this idea of go for no. And so we went a couple of years doing our different trainings and, and working with companies. And we would go in the, in the back room sometimes at certain businesses and see posters and, and messages that say go for no. And we said, okay, this really is 
you know, a brand. It really is a great message. And so we should, we should really write a book about it. So that is what started it was listening to our customers really tell us that that's what they loved. And so we decided though, instead of to write, you know, a, a kind of your standard book, um, you know, nothing wrong with instruction, but we, we really love fiction writing. And so that's why we decided to put it in a fable format so that people could get a story, be entertained, but also get the important lessons, which are in go for no. Totally. Do you know what, what's interesting and fascinates me, like obviously listening to you, I mean, obviously from a, a, a sales training environment and, and, you know, gaining that, that message of go for no and, you know, to, to be instructional on that and to give people tips and advice, but to turn that into such a successful fable, you know, it, for me, it's, it's almost like how, you know, you've got to have some imagination, some focus, some real skills to, to go from just the, the philosophy of the go for no, but really to get a phenomenal message across like you did in the book and throughout the story is, you know, really embracing the, the I guess, that way forward as part of the journey. Well, thank you. And, and that it, it, it is it is a, a challenge, I think. Um, but we know that stories resonate. And even, you know, in any business, in any industry, especially um, entrepreneurial endeavors, I think people love to hear stories of somebody who was struggling, um, since we all struggle, we've all failed, but somebody who got an interesting lesson was able to turn things around and, and become more successful. And so that I think we were able to tap into that. And that's why really at events, um, having people who can share their story and say, this is where I was, this is what I did, and now this is what has happened um, is so powerful. And it doesn't even have to be that it's your story. You can influence other people just by sharing those stories that you hear at events, which is so powerful. Yeah, I remember Pete learning something years ago, you know, facts tell, stories sell, so to speak. And for me, on my personal journey, on, on personal development, and I guess for a lot of people, you know, something having a fable as powerful as the go for no story, it, it can almost be for some people a, a great entry level for them to realize that actually personal development can really be life changing. And I think sometimes it's all well and good reading instructional books, but I think the power does lie within a story, as you said, without a doubt. Right. So, so everyone loves the word yes. We all love to hear yes. We all love to, to smile and be pleased to, to get the results that I guess we desire, which is more often than not when we get a yes. How do you, you know, you've obviously done workshops and, and trainings and, and I guess you coach people on an individual one-to-one -one basis as well. How do you coach people to adopt this, this mindset, this go-for-no philosophy and, and gain the same love for the word no as we all have for the word yes. How, how do you that? <laughs> right, right. It's not an easy task, Craig. It really <laughs> isn't. But, you know, um, one of our, our things that we teach people, first of all, is the fundamental philosophy, which is you have to hear more no's in order to hear more yeses. It's just a, it's a philosophy that is based in statistics, right? Um, if you, if you want to, um, be more successful, you have to be willing and wanting to fail and convincing people of that can be kind of tricky, um, to teach people to, uh, you know, go out and intentionally increase their failure rate, intentionally hear more no's, but I'll give you a perfect example. And this is something that I, um, new kind of new that I've been sharing, but it's such a good example for people to wrap their minds around because we, all have been taught and trained to live in that go for yes world. And this is one of the ways I, I kind of show people the faulty way of their thinking. And so if you picture yourself having gone to say a networking event, 
and you meet 10 people, right? You, you have 10 nice conversations um, and you about your business and their business and you, and you find out a little bit about them. And when you go home, you think, well, I had those 10 conversations and let's say you got 10 business cards. You got a business card for each person and you're all excited and you think, I'm going to reach out and contact each one of them. Well, what tends to happen in the go for yes world is you look at those 10 cards and, and you start to maybe question and you start to make assumptions and you start to say, you know, I'm looking at all of these 10 cards that I got and I think that actually these five and you pull out five of them and you say these five people, I think they would probably say no. They weren't as interested or excited in my business and in my products as, you know, I think they should be. So I'm just going to set those aside. And now you have five cards left and you start thinking a little bit more and you say, you know, out of these last five, three people were, they were mildly enthusiastic. They seemed kind of interested in my products and services. So I, you know, I'll, I'll set these aside and I'll maybe call these people. And then you have two left and you say, okay, these people, we had great conversations. They seemed interested in my products. They even seemed interested in, you know, making some additional income on the side. So I'm definitely going to call these people. Now, what you end up doing, so you, you maybe call those two people, you don't reach out to the three that were, that you thought were maybes. You don't reach out to the five that you pretty much thought would tell you no. And so what you've done is you've taken all that time and effort and energy and, and relationship building, and you basically got rid of 80% of the people. And now you just limited it to these two people. And so really that is operating in a very lack limiting mindset. Whereas go for no, we say, Hey, you reach out to all 10. Yes, yeah, some of them will tell you no, absolutely. It's it's probably statistically just that way, but we don't know who, right? And most of the time, we're always prejudging and deciding what we think somebody will do or say. And I, I think, Craig, I think we're probably wrong half the time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, this is that assumption, isn't it, that I, is really kind of I said, when you're playing the numbers game, it's really sort of putting the odds against your favor rather than four. Yeah, exactly. And and so we play all these games. So we've taken, you know, all of these great conversations and now we've just really limited our opportunity. So when it comes to coaching people about go for no, I tell people all the time, hey, you don't know what somebody's going to decide, do what, what kind of money they have to spend on things. And so to the extent that you limit yourself and say no to yourself, uh, instead of letting them say no to you is how much you're going to kind of hold yourself back from your own potential and your own possibilities for success. Now that said, that's the easy part, right? So if I can get somebody to embrace that, then the next thing we have to kind of work on is some of the fear and some of the other things that can hold people back. You know, it's, uh, it's funny listening to you because you, you're almost, you're, you're bringing things out of my mind that I've been living by and you, you often don't really realize the one of the philosophies in the book um, and you'll get my message in a sec one of the philosophies in the book and um, there's talking about the guy and you just mentioned it or touched on it briefly is when people have that buying limit and it's you know um, when he's in the shop and he, he gets the sale forgive me for not getting the story 100% correct but he, he gets gets the sale and he finishes off there because he didn't keep asking the guy because he stopped selling when he right. reached his own internal buying limit. 
So, like, you know, it's that, I guess, that philosophy of our, usually our objections are, reflect, are a reflection of our own perception. And just listening to you then, you've made me realise that since reading your book, you know, three, four years ago, I've lived by that philosophy to always make sure that I'm never limiting my opportunities through my own limitations. Um, so thank you. I've just realised. Yeah, you're, it's funny. Is is I'm glad you said that because you don't notice it sometimes until it's pointed out to you. And I think it goes both ways. People who do it naturally like yourself because you've just learned through reading personal development and and behaving that certain way over and over again, it's, it's become a habit. So you're, you're not aware of it until, right, until somebody points it out and you say, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I do do that well. So it's good. So how... For some people, I guess, you know, I mean, obviously, maybe there's a required expectation of no's and, you know, it's, I I guess, probably challenging for some people. Does it get easier? And and for those that, um, I'm throwing loads of questions at you, but just passionate about getting this message across, because for some people, could it be actually a little bit demotivating, you know, when they're getting a lot of no's? How do people, from a coaching perspective and and a mindset, how do people get with a, a... a mindset that it, you know, maybe it does get easier. And and actually this needs to be a motivating factor rather than a demotivating factor. Right. Absolutely. And it can be demotivating, especially at the beginning um, when you're learning and you're building your skills. So it's kind of this way where, especially when somebody's new in, in a business and they're, they're learning. So they're, they're not perfect at, you know, maybe delivering the message, um, sharing about a product or something. And so what happens is they avoid, um, hearing the word no, and they, they, they kind of playing the whole game a little bit small. Right. And so we teach them, we'll go out and start hearing more no's. And that can be really demotivating until, they learn more and have an opportunity to test and build those skills. Um, And so it really requires that people have that belief in themselves and the belief in what they're doing to get themselves over that hump. And sometimes it's a hump and sometimes it's a big, you know, big mountain, because if you're getting a lot of no's and you don't see the light at the tunnel and the yeses are not coming and, and you have to you have to see value in those no's though and and understand that you're paying the price of what it takes to learn how to get better and that's a really important nuance craig because you know i don't want anybody to think oh you just hear no all the time and and nothing changes and and you never get better i mean that whole idea and the whole you know big part of it is yes you're going to hear no's a lot especially in the beginning once you get more skilled, you, you may hear fewer no's, although I could make the case, actually, you could then start going after even bigger no's, um, <laughs> you know, with, with bigger prospects. But, um, you know, you have to have that belief and that faith that um, it's going to get better and see that value in what you're learning. So, for example, you know, you go out and you set a no goal and you say, I'm going to try to collect 10 no's this week. I'm going to ask 10 people to take a look at my business or to consider purchasing a product, whatever. And you get those 10 no's instead of just saying, all right, well, I got the 10 no's and and that was horrible and I'm not motivated. You have to say, all right, what did I learn? What how did I approach this person and get that? No, let me try something different. Let me try approaching somebody in a slightly different way. And and so that is kind of that value, um, valuing that process and learning and then saying, okay, 
I'm going to keep learning from my top leaders and keep getting better. And eventually you get over that hump. I know it's, it's, it can be tough. It can be demotivating. And that's really where that belief in yourself and the belief in the, in what you're doing has to come in. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's always going to be the, the ups and downs of life. It's what we focus on, I guess. And, um, for me, it's character building as well. I think people need to go through them nose to, to become stronger and, and almost to become, if it's the right way of looking at it, but maybe better for when they get the yeses. So when they get a yes, they deal with it with more passion and more service-orientated focus because they're not just devaluing the yes. It's got more value because they've had to really work for it. Um, maybe. So, so, so tell us about your, your five levels of failure. So where, where do they come in to to play with this go-for-no philosophy? Absolutely. So the five levels of failure, real easy, uh, starts with number one, which is uh, the ability to fail. That is where we all start. We all have the ability to fail. Most people, though, don't want to fail, right? They don't want to hear the word no. They don't want to look, they don't want to make mistakes. They want to come into their business and everything go perfectly. And that's just not realistic but that is where everybody starts Level lovely though, wouldn't it <laughs> yeah it would be nice it would be nice um and i had a, a great sales trainer tell me once you know we don't get paid for the yeses we get paid for all of the no's if it were easy everybody would do it and then nobody would be well paid because it would be so easy you know so you you have you get well paid because of a, a lot of the rejection um Level two is the uh, willingness to fail. So level two is to be willing to hear more no's in order to be more successful, in order to get those yeses. Level three is really interesting, though, and that's the wantingness to fail, the wantingness and and saying, uh, going to bed at night and saying, you know, I didn't hear one no today. Nobody told me no. And saying, I want to hear those no's. If I'm not hearing enough no's, I'm not really building my business. I'm not building my character to kind of use what you were saying, which I totally agree with. So wantingness to fail is odd as that sounds is so important because it really leads you to success. The next two levels are kind of, kind of interesting. And we always get some laughs when we share this on stage, but the, the fourth level is getting uh, failing bigger and failing faster. So it's going after those big no's in some businesses. They call this like the chicken list, right? You have the yeah. people that you're scared of contacting. So it's go after that big, no, be willing to fail be wanting to do that, fail faster. Uh, in other words, get a, get as many no's as you can as fast as you can. And then level five is failing exponentially. So it's really failing as a team. And if you can get a leader who understands go for no and can have the whole team start hearing more no's, it's amazing what that team can do uh, under that person's leadership. So that's kind of that five, fifth level is kind of a leadership thing. I guess it's a process as well going through and you're talking about that wantingness to fail, almost kind of getting up and thinking, you know, I'm going to fail my way to the top. As you said, you know, wanting the nose because you know you're moving forwards. When, when you, I know you're sort of sidetracking slightly, Andrea, when, why is it? Because I think generally people maybe, you know, you've mentioned like the chicken list and we talked about earlier um, about obviously when you got them, you know, them 10 business cards out and you kind of remove 80% of the, the, the effort you've put in, you don't make that call because you kind of presume you make the assumption that they're not going to be interested. Mm. When really, I guess, the, the barrier there is the fear of failure, um, the, the fear of maybe getting a no. 
I mean, I'm sure you've looked into this. I mean, why, why is it people... Uh, it's, it's a big subject, I guess, but why are people scared of failure? What, what is the... What's the growing concern? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is... Um you're so right. And we have dug deep into this, um, this idea of why people don't like to have those no's. And I think a lot of it just comes down to how we're all taught and raised. Um, some things are cultural. I mean, you have some, some groups, some countries where it, you really have um, people who don't like the word no and don't want to fail um, at all. And it's, it's really seen not as a badge of honor, but seen as kind of an embarrassment and not something for you to be proud of. So if you say, I've started a new business and somebody says, well, how is it going? And you say, well, I've talked to, you know, a hundred people and 97 of them have told me no. You tell that to most people and they'd say, oh my heavens, you're terrible. You should give up now, you know, and in, you know, of course, Silicon Valley, California, where they have all of the, you know, the head Apple headquarters and they, they're innovative and they're always trying new technologies. Failure is seen as so positive there because it's, it's all about how creative, how innovative, how many things can they try. And so I think a lot of times it's just kind of that background and, as kids, we start off so tenacious, so willing to be persistent, and we don't have any problem with failing or looking foolish in front of our friends. And then we hit teenage years, and it's like, oh gosh, what do people think of me? What am I, you know, how, how are people perceiving me? And then we hit adulthood, and we say, okay, I'll start a business, but I better succeed at it. And I, I better succeed you know, in, um, in, in six weeks or this thing doesn't work. I saw the funniest meme on, uh, I think it was Twitter or Facebook or something. And it says, I just started a business, um, a week ago, I'm still not a millionaire. This thing's a scam. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, not so much. It takes, you have to be patient. Yeah. You know, you have to take a while. And, but, but, one of the things that we teach is give yourself permission to fail, be that kid again, and don't expect the perfection. You know, just like if you were teaching your son or daughter to ride a bike or when they're learning to tie their shoes, you don't expect perfection the first time, you know, it's going to take them time after time, try after try. And so why would you expect yourself, especially when you're starting out new to just pick everything up and be perfect at it. But I think that's what we do. Uh, do you know, I think, you know, having kids myself um, and looking to impress upon them this attitude of, you know, they can achieve anything. They've just got to have the passion and the, and, and the willingness to try and to fail and to get up and keep on going. Um, and, um, you know, many conversations with my eldest over the certainly over the last 12 months um, as she goes into new arenas and, you know, stepping out of her comfort zone. That I guess it's really powerful to have this kind of mindset and this philosophy that we share um, and for those maybe that, you know, haven't got, have had that negative conditioning, I guess, you know, what you're talking about, that fifth level, you know, that final level of exponentially uh, failing, having a leader, getting into an environment where you've got somebody that can lead you into that mindset, or even obviously like yourselves as a coach or having somebody as a coach to, to coach you to really embrace that failure success formula, I guess. Right. Exactly. So if I, if I was um, going to moving on, then if I if, if you was coaching me, how how would you coach or maybe guide me, maybe practically to, to kind of really embrace and understand this failure success formula? I mean, is the is the certain rules that you would 
look to follow for me or look to guide me down? Yeah, that's a really tough one. And one of the things, and and this is different for everybody, right? So um, we share the model that we share in the book. And, and I really impress upon people not to just gloss over that model. And the model is where you're in the middle, failures on one end, successes on the other end. And it's kind of like we see these two things as choices oh, should I be successful or should I fail? And it's one or the other. Really, the model, and we it, we outline it visually, graphically mm-hmm. in the book, which is you're on one side, the failure, rejection, hearing the word no is in the middle, and the success is on the other side. It takes some people some time to embrace that because, um, and I, I don't do a lot of it one-on-one coaching, but I do guide people in our, in our, we have a go for no challenge Facebook group that has over a thousand members. And I'm t- constantly reminding people, you guys are always looking for, you're always focusing on the result. And I'm just telling you to go out and execute a behavior, which is go out and make a call or go out and post some, you know, message somebody on Facebook, whatever, whatever your method is, but you have to take that action and focus on the action rather than the result. And that I think is a big way to help someone embrace that failure success formula so that they're not always just, okay, I'll go out and do it, but I just, all I want is the yes. It's let's focus on the behavior and get you good at that. And then you will see that those no's and that failure becomes easier to deal with when you encounter it. Brilliant, brilliant. So you mentioned obviously behaviours um, and, and obviously getting people to go out there and I guess work in that sort of behaviour model of, you know, that understanding the process. And I, I can obviously, re- having read the book, when you're talking about, you know, the, the visual model, I can see it in my mind's eye, clearly, which is just yeah. fantastic. But um, I, I wonder, understanding a little bit about kind of habits and habitudes and, and people's behaviour patterns that may be ingrained in them and their developing out through guidance from your book and you know maybe through this Facebook group etc and, and other mediums how, how do how do we stop people falling back into old patterns of life um, and you know not you know maybe adopting that go for no philosophy for a period of time creating a behavior but then falling back into I really need a yes <laughs> oh what a subject yes <laughs> if I had the recipe for this I would be a multi-billionaire um, because because that is the thing isn't it it's it's falling back into our old patterns and I had a really interesting conversation I was interviewing someone uh, actually for the um, I'm sure we'll probably talk about it in a minute this next project that we're doing and he was telling me a marketing expert marketing genius really he was telling me how Um, So many people will come and they will say, uh, tell me about your daily habits. You know, I want to do what you do. What do you do in the morning? You know, what are all the steps in your in your daily process? And, um, you know, I want to model all of these things and or or it'll be something how to like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And this guy said, um, you know, it's not about the how to as much. And it's not about, well, what are what are my habits? Because he said, I can teach that all day long and I teach and I teach and I tell people and then they don't do it. And so it really comes down to two things. It comes down to reprogramming your mindset. So in our case, it's reprogramming how you think about failure and rejection and then 
living that and you it's a constant reminder it's constantly trying to not fall back into your old patterns but then secondarily Craig it's the vision it's really having that vision of what you want and I think people sometimes get lost because what happens is they learn a new skill they learn some skills they learn a new mindset and then they but they're not focused on their vision and what they're trying to achieve so what happens is they're easily you know, they get off track really easily. If they're focused on their vision, I think what I've seen is that the people that are really focused on their vision are able to stay in that go for no mindset for a much longer period of time and use it and continue to use it. Uh, I think sometimes you need it more early on and then the more skilled you get, the more successful, it just becomes natural and it becomes a habit. And like you were saying, I, I, I don't, I, I don't worry about what somebody, you know, is, is going to um, spend. I just ask, I just go for it. So these things become natural, but in the beginning they don't because people lose track, lose sight of their vision. The mindset becomes so important. The vision becomes so important with any of these behaviors, whether it's go for no or any successful behavior that you learn from any top leader in any company, it it's, it's what am I trying to achieve? Yeah, it's all about the motivation. I know obviously you guys talk about the motivation. Um, right. <laughs> hey, look, you know, I, I'm so grateful to have to have obviously had some time with you again, and, and I'm sure the listeners of, of our show are, um, are really grateful to, to have you back. Um, and I know obviously you guys are both really passionate about this go for no message, and the book is fabulous, and um, I still recommend it, and I highly recommend it. If there's any of you that haven't you know, um, come across the go for no philosophy or even this book before then, you know, get onto go for no.com, um, get onto Amazon, just get yourself a copy. You did the, the go for no video as well, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. But that, I mean, is that, is that a year or two years old now the go for no video? Cause time now flies, doesn't it? Oh, so flies. Yeah. It's been a few years actually. And, uh, we, um, we also, our partner in the UK is, um, knowledge is king and they have, books and CDs as well. Um, so, you know, for those people who, um, on your show are listening in the UK, I I get a lot of people actually who write us who say, where can I get this in the UK easily where I don't have to pay a gazillion dollars for shipping. So that's kind of our UK partner, but, um, yeah, the video, which was so much fun to make, it's been a few years now. And so we're, we're working on new go for no things, but I always tell people come to go for no, we've got We've got tons of blog posts and videos and things for people to get motivated over. Yeah, fantastic. So this obviously, you know, the book is very much the beginning and, you know, shows the the, the video um, as part of, I guess, your go for no adventure. Where to next? What are you guys up to now? Because I know you love to write fictional um, books and stories and which is something that you, you guys are very passionate about. Uh, but where to next with this go for no adventure? So we're doing a go for no book just specifically for network marketing, and that should be out first part of next year. We also did something fun, kind of a a motivational fable, um, very American though, uh, kind of about some American business icons called the Diamond Line, and we put that out um, this year. We also have a fun one called The Fear Factory, which is um, an audio book. Um, on Amazon. And that one is all about, it's a fable, just like Go For No, about a guy who learns how to 
embrace and, and kind of overcome his fears. Uh, where does fear come from? The fear factory is a place that manufactures and sells fear to the public. So it's kind of, it's a really, it's a really weird kind of crazy fable, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Hey, I, I have no idea how I haven't come across that. I will be, um, I'll be checking that out when we finish <laughs> this show. Hey, Andrea, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for yours and, and, you know, Richard's time um, and contribution uh, to our show yet again. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on board. Um, thank you very much. Uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic day today. Um, I know it's relatively early morning for you. So, um, again, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate your passion about this go for no adventure and this go for no message. And uh, I'm sure the listeners will uh, be as grateful as I am. So thanks again, Andrea. Absolutely. Thanks, Craig. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media. Then subscribe, rate and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe and join the community of passionate people.